now, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore, thou shalt hear the word of my mouth and warn them from me. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Coming to you from an undisclosed location in Middle Tennessee and examining current events from a biblical perspective, this is Bible News Radio with your hosts, Randall and Stacy Harp. Hello, people. I did it. All right, let's get into the song, okay? On a Sunday evening now. Sunday evening now. Looking back over all the years and where I've been. Looking at a photograph. Hmm. I'm remembering you were right there and you have been ever since. This is Morgan Harper Nichols. Yeah, it is. I see your faithfulness. Move the mountains where I climbed, the valley where I fell. You were there all alone. That's the story I'll tell. You brought the pieces together, made me the storyteller. Now I know it is well, it is well, that's the story I'll tell. There were some nights I felt like they would last forever, but you kept me breathing, you were with me right Hold it in. So here's to me telling this story over and over again. The mountains where I climbed, the valley where I fell. You were there all alone. That's the story I'll tell. You brought the pieces together, made me the storyteller. Now I know it is well. It is well, that's the story I'll tell. That's the story I'll tell. You hold the broken, you heal my every cry, every cry. Together, maybe the storyteller. Now I know it is well, it is well. That's the story I'll tell. 
go. That's the song Storyteller by Morgan Harper Nichols with background vocals by Jamie Grace, her sister, and accompanying by me, just so you know, and Bareface. <laughs> anyway, hope you guys are having a good Sunday. We are here on Sunday night. You guys, you guys requested that we do, uh, that Bareface actually teaches you the word of God. So that's what we're doing tonight. Uh, tonight, we're not going to cover any news stories. We're just going to cover the good news <coughs> of the gospel. That didn't come out right. <clears throat> do I have my water? Yes, I do right here. And I wanted to start the show out tonight by talking about or reading you <coughs> Psalm 40. Earlier today, I was doing my women's Bible study. I have a lot of reading to do in this study. And, um, you know, we're, we're talking about being redeemed in our Bible study. And it's, it's amazing, the Word of God, what's in there if you actually open it up and read it. <laughs> Imagine that, right? Um, and it's funny because so many people think they know God's Word, but honestly, when you, you, open it up <laughs> when you read haven't it. read it for a while or all yeah. you do is just, you this know. Echo. Yeah, okay. Let me, let me mute that. All you do is just read like a verse a day or whatever. You're not getting anything, really. You're just getting a verse a day, taken out of context. And um, so when you begin to read the word, and part of my study is that we're reading through the whole book of Psalms in 40 days. So there's 150 Psalms, right? And so uh, we're reading, you know, a number of Psalms a day. <clears throat> and one of the Psalms I read today was Psalm 40. And I thought, man... I mean, I read, I think, about 10 psalms so far today. Uh, but this one really stood out to me. And I wanted to share it with you because it touched me. And maybe it will minister to some of you out there. I was kind of thinking about how amazing it is. So, <clears throat> so let me take a drink of my water. Yeah, I'll do that first. Here's my water, people. Okay. And I see Barb and Sean and Gina. I'm sure there's some other people over there watching wherever you're watching at. Nice to see you guys. Okay, so check this out. All right. For the choir director, this is the Psalm of David. And by the way, if you read, if you actually start reading through the Psalms, and this is one of the cool things that, that, um, you know, that I, that I noticed as I was reading through here, uh, man, you're going to see some stuff about David that you probably didn't even realize. I mean, I'm realizing a lot about David. He was an amazing guy. Um, but this, this is a Psalm of David. And um, listen to this. He says, I waited patiently for the Lord and he inclined to me and heard my cry. He brought me up out of the pit of destruction, out of the miry clay. And he set my feet upon a rock, making my footsteps, footsteps firm he put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and will trust in the Lord. How blessed is the man who has made the Lord his trust and has not turned to the proud nor to those who lapse into falsehood. Many, O Lord, my God, are the wonders which you have done and your thoughts toward us. There is none to compare with you. If I would declare and speak of them, they would be too numerous to count. You, you, you remember how this is kind of like Psalm 139 there a little bit. <clears throat> Sacrifice and meal offering you have not desired. My ears you have opened. 
burnt offering and sin offering you have not required. Now think about this. Okay. Now this probably makes not make, it doesn't make any sense unless you understand that once a year, the high priest would go into the temple and they would offer up the sacrifice for the sins of the people. So when Christ came on the scene, he did away with that. Before Jesus came on the scene and offered up himself to be our redemption, our sacrifice, um, every year they had to do that. And yet it says, it says in the Old Testament that, or actually in Hebrews, I think it says, this probably says in the Old Testament too, that the blood of bulls and goats, you know, that, that doesn't, that's not a permanent solution for the forgiveness of our sins. But anyway, so then it goes on to say here, um, then I said, behold, I come in the scroll of the book. It is written of me. I delight to do your will. O my God, your law is written within my heart. I have proclaimed glad tidings of righteousness in the great congregation. Behold, I will not restrain my lips. O Lord, you know, I have not hidden your righteousness uh, within my heart. I have spoken of your faithfulness and your salvation. I have not concealed your loving kindness and your truth from the great congregation. You, O Lord, will not withhold your compassion from me. Your loving kindness and your truth will continually preserve me. For evils beyond number have surrounded me. My iniquities have overtaken me so that I'm not able to see. They are more numerous than the hairs on my head and my heart has failed me. Just a question. When was the last time you said that about your own iniquity? Uh, yeah, I haven't either. Kind of convicting, isn't it? Um, be pleased, O Lord, to deliver me. Make haste, O Lord, to help me. Let those be ashamed and humiliated together who seek my life to destroy it. Let those be turned back and dishonored who delight in my hurt. Let those be appalled because of their shame who say to me, ah, ha, ha. Let all who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. Let those who love your salvation say continually, the Lord be magnified. Since I am afflicted and needy, let the Lord be mindful of me. You are the you are my help and my deliverer. Do not delay. Oh my God. So I read that and I was like, wow, this is super powerful. And I'm thinking also, I read a different Psalm too that, that was, um, that was, uh, amazing. Uh, yeah, actually it was Psalm, it was Psalm 39. By the way, I want to read Psalm 39 too, <clears throat> because this one also was very impactful. And this is also Psalm of David. I want you to get the other picture here. Um, and this is what it says here. Now, listen to this. When was the last time you prayed something like this? This is David. He said, he said, I said, I will guard my ways that I might not sin with my tongue. I will guard my mouth as with a muzzle while the wicked are in my presence. Think about that for a second. I was mute and silent. I refrained even from good and my sorrow grew worse. My heart was hot within me while I was musing the fire burned. Then I spoke with my tongue. Lord, make me to know my end and what is the extent of my days. Let me know how transient I am. Behold, you have made my days as hand breaths and my lifetime as nothing in your sight. Surely every man at his best is a mere breath. Isn't this totally uplifting? <laughs> But 
but it's interesting, right? Surely every man walks about as a phantom. Surely they make an uproar for nothing. He am- he amasses riches and does not know who will gather them. And now, Lord, for what do I wait? My hope is in you. Deliver me from all my transgressions. Make me not the reproach of the foolish. I have become mute. I do not open my mouth because it is you who have done it. Remove your plague from me because of the opposition of your hand. I am perishing. With reproofs, you chasten a man for iniquity. You consume as a moth what is precious to him. Surely every man is a mere breath. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and give ear to my cry. Do not be silent at my tears. For I am for I am a stranger with you, a sojourner like my father's. Turn your gaze away from me that I may smile again before I depart and am no more. And it's interesting because if you read these psalms in the order in which they're in the Bible, you know, just read them one after the other instead of flipping around and, you know, reading your favorite one. Uh, What was interesting to me was I saw that David was going through this, this struggle with his own sin, his, and his idea of eternity, where he was going, his relationship with God, um, and his fight against the enemies of God. Um, and at one point, I, I can't remember what Psalm it's in, but it's in, it's either, it's, if you read through Psalm 30 through 50, it's in there. It's in one of those. Um, he talks about, uh, how he even, uh, is quiet against his enemies, um, and prays and fasts for his enemies and doesn't say anything bad against his enemies, um, as a way to submit and honor the Lord. And I thought that is amazing. Now imagine if the Christians of today did that, right? Imagine if the Christians uh, of today, uh, in politics decided instead to not attack, you know, each other, they, they wept and they prayed over their own sin and, and they were like Christ was when he was before his accusers and he remained silent and he entrusted himself to the one who could deliver him. Um, you know, we, we serve a pretty, pretty awesome God, pretty mighty God. Um, and I can just tell you that as I was doing this study earlier, that, um, my heart inside was just rejoicing at the richness of God's word. And just, you know, part of me felt slightly grieved because I'm like, oh, I don't know this as good as I need to. You know, it's like I spend more time playing fishdom than I do reading God's word. I got to stop that, you know, that type of thing. Um, But anyway, so that's my offering for tonight. Uh, Randall is going to bring us from Romans 10. Yeah, but just for review, what psalm did you just read? I just read Psalm 39. 39 okay yeah there's 39 and 40 and it still actually wasn't the one that i was thinking it might be 41 that i was actually thinking really but that's okay we'll figure it out later (sighs) um yeah anyway i read so many of them i just got it confused my notes are downstairs but so you're going to be talking about uh romans 10 which is a controversial passage of god's word i don't know what's controversial about it well somebody some people find it controversial are the Jews going to be saved bareface? That's the question. Well, I would ask, are the Gentiles going to be saved? Uh, yeah, they are. Every, every last one? Every last one? Mm. No. Okay. No, because there's some people that, that will just reject. 
that. It's not a genuine... Was that a, was that a trick question? No, it's just, not at all. It's, it's just like uh, salvation is not by ethnicity. Right. And um, which uh, we'll look at. So. Yeah. Nice hair, dude. Thank you. By the way, it looks good on you. You uh, still look so much whiter than me. I mean, darker. Something like you that. You look like dark meat. I look like white meat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I even I'll put makeup on to make sun. me look a little more colorful, and it, I still look white compared to you. Well, my legs are very pale. <laughs> I don't get much sunlight. But... Yes, they are, actually. All right, so I'm going to hand it over to you, Bareface. There, here you go. All right, well. <laughs> and if you guys have any questions in the chat room... Uh, Barb, uh, Joel, I see you just came in, you know, anybody else there, you know, if you decide you want to say anything during the show, Randall doesn't look at comments, but I do, I will, um, I will moderate. It's not that I don't care about the comments. It's hard to do. He's just with, got with, five other things to do at the yeah, same time. So many windows open and things like that. Thank you for sharing. Yep. And you know what? I, you know what? I am really happy that you guys are here. Let me tell you something, you know, even though the other night Periscope highlighted our show for whatever reason, I don't know. And it was kind of cool to have a lot of people come in. Honestly, I'm happy when you guys come in for the Bible study because, you know, we could do, you know, headlines of the day every day, as you know, and we could like be, talk about the gay agenda, Islam, abortion, all those inflammatory, you know, religious persecution issues. And that brings in a lot of people. But you know what? This is more important to me. I think it's more more important, even more important to have um, God's word in its context to be declared on secular media. <laughs> That's what I like. So you guys, I hope you get your Bibles out and and let's uh, let's bareface, um, you know, give them your attention and and uh, and then I'll be quiet. Okay, I'm done. Okay. All right, well, I'll jump in here then. And as we get into the Word, let's do so prayerfully, shall we? Because the Bible is the only book that comes with its author. And it makes sense to me to seek the author. And I think of that um, great old hymn for which I uh, named my devotional, uh, Illuminating Me, a few years back. And there is a revised edition coming soon to somewhere near you i don't know where <laughs> by the way pickleball faith is also coming to you and maybe another devotional by me never know i was thinking about that again today anyway i'll be quiet all right so you know the the prayer of that song is open my eyes that i may see wonderful truths that has for me place my hand that wonderful key that shall just shall on um the chillin' Yeah, I don't and clasp and set me free, something like that. <laughs> well, open my will, thy open my eyes, thy will to see. Anyway, loom me, something like that. Spirit divine, but and as as David prayed in Psalm one nineteen, you know, open my eyes that I may behold wonderful things from thy law. So anyway, let's do that. Father God, thank you for your goodness, your grace, your mercy, every good and perfect gift that you lavish upon us. We are certainly thankful for this, for thy gift, thy holy word, preserved throughout the ages. 
for our instruction in righteousness and equipping that we might know you, the only true God, and Messiah Yeshua, whom thou hast sent. Uh, give us eyes to see, ears to hear, spirits receptive to your spirit. We ask it now in the name of Yeshua, our Messiah. Amen. Right. And hello, everybody on uh, on uh, Facebook. I see Patty and Kathy, Judy, Chuck, Denise, and Julie. Thank you guys for coming. I hope you stay, because this will be good. All right, so um, popping over here to uh, Romans chapter 10, um, somewhere around here. There it is. All right. Um, so if you read Romans chapter 9, Paul clearly identifies himself as as Jewish in ethnicity, and he talks about his brethren according to the flesh, his ethnic uh, Jewishness and uh, how he is, um, you know, a a Jew, an ethnic Jew. Um, so, anyway, we're gonna go ahead to chapter ten. It's great to read chapters nine, ten, eleven together, but just kind of right in the middle, we have the the heart of the matter, as it were. Romans chapter 10, verse 1. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. Now, this is interesting. Paul just talked about in chapter 9 his kinsmen according to the flesh. And yet, he doesn't say, my prayer to God for Israel is that we might be saved. He says that they might be saved. So he's making a differentiation here between... Um, Yisrael as as uh, an ethnicity and eth and Yisrael as as a uh, I let's say a religion for now, uh, but we'll get into it um, as a as an identity because Paul identified himself as a Jew, as a, you know an Israeli, uh, in fact a Benjamite. Um, even a Pharisee among Pharisees, um, that uh, student Gamaliel according to the law. So the Israel here he's talking about is the Israel not um, according to uh, uh, genetics, but Israel according to um, a system, if you will, uh, religion specifically. I would say. Pharisaic um, Judaism, and so let's let's go on. He says, "For I bear them record that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge." Well, what the heck? That you know, here's here's Paul that just identified himself in the previous chapter as you know, uh, you know this. Uh, Pharisee, one who studied on Gamaliel, that knows the word, and he obviously, uh, there's several quotes from the Old Testament here, and he studied under Jews, how can he say that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge? I'm sure there were many that had uh, 
greater understanding memorization of scriptures and stuff like that you know they could roll up the scroll and put a nail through it and tell you what words uh that nail passed through so not according to knowledge what what knowledge are they lacking how can they have a zeal for god but not according to knowledge well he tells us verse three for they being ignorant of god's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. So there is a righteousness of God, and there is a righteousness that they looked to establish. And Yeshua, Jesus, uh, came up against the, re the religious leaders, the scribes, the Pharisees, you know, the teachers of well, not really so much the law, is the teachers of the commentary on the law, um, came up to them, came up against them many times for their traditions and, tra and teaching as doctrine the traditions of men. And, and that was their problem. Going back to um, you know what we have in the Tanakh, which is the Old Testament, remember the Torah, the uh, Nevi'im, the prophets, and the Ketuvim, the uh, writings, um, the Torah, the law, the prophets, and the writings. Uh, what we have, what we find in there, especially the Torah, well, actually just the Torah, we find in there 613 commandments. And since the southern kingdoms of Yehuda, Judah, and Benjamin, Benjamin were uh, taken captive by the Babylonian Empire uh, and spent 70 years in Babylon. Upon the return, there began this uh, new system, if you will, a safeguarding. They said, well, we were judged by God and we spent 70 years in Babylon because we didn't follow the law. We didn't keep the law. And so, lest we find ourselves uh, breaking the law again, let's kind of set up a, a fence around that, sort of a tripwire. You know, you know you're getting close to breaking the law if you, uh, if this is your infraction. And so they started to build up things around there. And, and, <laughs> and attorneys as they will, lawyers as some of them will, I guess I should say, you know, began to, well, we really don't want to do this. We don't really want to break the law. So, and they begin to spell that out. What, did, what does that mean? Like, well, you should remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. Uh, fourth commandment. Well, you know, what does it mean to remember the Sabbath? How, how do you observe the Sabbath? Uh, you know, in six days you should do other work. and the seventh you should rest. Well, what constitutes work? Well, some of them got together and decided that uh, the things involved in building the temple were work. And so they looked at Exodus and the things that were involved in building the tabernacle, actually, and came up a list of 30 things that were work. And, and so those things were to be not done on the Sabbath, and including kindling a fire and and today in orthodox judaism that means anything electrical pushing an elevator button or anything like that 
and so so on and so forth that many of these 613 commandments turned into hundreds more and even over a thousand with with the heart of not wanting to transgress the law of God but it became a law unto itself and and they sought to live righteously by keeping the law well they couldn't they couldn't keep the 613 much less the thousand others that they came up with is this fence around the law and this and this these laws about washing and and if you get into Talmud and Mishnah you see all these things about all these rules and regulations that were built on top of the Torah and again it was impossible to keep the 613 let alone all these others and so yet they began to measure their righteousness by these other things they kept and Yeshua, if you look back in the Gospels, uh, took great issue with this. You know, he says, you travel over land and sea to make one convert and turn him into twice the son of hell as yourself. Uh, you know, you lay burdens upon men too heavy to carry when you yourselves are unwilling to lift them with one finger. Because uh, they were, say, hey, if you want to be holy, this is how you, this is how you do it. Um, you know, Yeshua said, unless your righteousness ex exceed that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will not see the kingdom of heaven. And the response from the crowd was, well, then who can be saved? Because they were perceived as these really holy people by all these rules and regulations they kept. In fact, Pharisee is a transliteration of a perushim, which, or ferushim, depending if you want to look at that as pet or or pay or fay, the Hebrew letter, but uh, the perushim means the separated ones. And they had all these rules of how they were keeping themselves separate from unholy people. So they were looking to, by not only keeping the law, which they knew they couldn't keep, by which all these other laws and traditions were established, establish a righteousness by behavior so for they were ignorant of god's righteousness which is absolutely you know completely holy and going about to establish their own righteousness um not based on god's law but based on their laws that were built around god's law and they've not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of god uh, not looking at the law itself, the law of God, but their own, their own rules and traditions. Uh, you know, the, uh, the scribes, Pharisees, they often accuse Yeshua of doing what was not lawful on the Sabbath. He didn't, never broke the law, never broke the, the law, the Torah, the law found in the books of Moses. He didn't, uh, not the slightest infraction against any of that. He said, I did not come to destroy the law, but fulfill it. And he did. He was the only person ever in all of history who kept uh, the law. And so uh, he demonstrated really the righteousness of God that mankind can never have, as demonstrated over and over again. You know, you can look at the book of Judges and 
Uh, well, heck, you can just look in the beginning. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. It's God sets forth these um, the laws, the, his standards of righteousness, and humankind has never lived up to them, never could. Even when there was one command, you know, one tree. <laughs> you should not eat this tree. And the day you eat of it, you shall, you know, um, you know, you shall, you shall die. And and so, but you know, first man and woman end up uh, eating from that tree, even when there's one command. Uh, couldn't keep it. And so, the righteousness of God is you know reveals to us how holy god is and how unholy uh, we are so they went about to establish their own righteousness and didn't submit themselves unto the righteousness of god saying hey we we fall short you're it god you're holy we are unholy for christ or mashiach messiah is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believes the word end here uh, in the Greek is telos, which means which means the perfect aim of, uh, the fulfillment of. Um, I think of it as, I always think of the word visualization as a treasure map. You know, you follow this map and there's an X that marks a spot where the treasure is. And that's kind of the idea. You may look at the righteousness, the the you know, follow the law and how it leads to righteousness. What is the fulfillment of the law? It's Christ. It's Messiah. It's Yeshua. Because he is he is the, the embodiment of the righteousness of God. Uh, the word become flesh and, and dwell among us. If you're looking to the law for righteousness, you'll follow it and you'll come to that perfect fulfillment. And in Yeshua, in Christ, in the Messiah, not not in ourselves, not in our ability to keep it, because there is no such ability in a human being to, to keep the law. All right. Verse 5. For Moses describes the righteousness which is, which is uh, the law, that the man which doeth these things shall live by them. And, and that's, uh, that's a quote from Deuteronomy. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 32, um, I think, I'm looking here. Um, we do have a comment in the chat room. We do? Yeah, in, uh, in Periscope. Cool. We have a comment from, uh, let's see here, let's see if I can read this. From Hold'em 5180, let's see here, I'm going to look at the profile, Anthony, yeah, who's got two two broadcasts, he's a poker player, he's got 72 followers and 174 people that he is following, and so Anthony says, God is a figment of your imagination, dude, that's what he said, thank you for sharing. <laughs> so does that mean... So what happens when I die? What happens to all the world's religions that um, that worship a deity of some sort? If 
God is a figment of my imagination. Won't won't that disappear when with my death? That's a great question. I don't think they're still in the room. Okay, so is God a figment just my imagination or collective imagination? Mm. And when all, you know, <laughs> it's like a mass hallucination. Those don't exist. Anyway, figment of my imagination. I'm pretty imaginative, apparently. Because um, I, <laughs> I never would have imagined any of this stuff. Um, Sean says, imagine all the people. I knew. Uh, yeah. You and your secular music, mister. Yeah, I had it, I had it up here. Who was that, John Lennon? Was that John Lennon? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and what does it say that I knew that? Just saying. I think I was born on the same day as John Lennon. Not the same year. Not the same year, but the same day. Not that that has anything to do with anything. But anyway. Um, Anybody yeah. else have any serious comments? Yeah, I was... I don't see any other comments. So far, all the other Bible disciple students are behaving well. Anyway, I I had the reference up at one time, but I can't find it now because I'm slightly unorganized. Yeah, if you saw his office, you would know how true that is. Mm -hmm. <laughs> if you saw our whole house, you would know how true that is. Um. <laughs> A couple of you have seen our house. You could testify how true that is. <sighs> yeah, it is. Yeah. So. By the way, thank you, Denise Velarde, for uh, sharing on Facebook. I appreciate it. <laughs> Denise loves us. Put a one put if a you love us. <laughs> Better put a lot of ones, people. Oh, you don't have to love us. Yeah. John Moss said awesome over on Facebook. Cool. We love all y'all. No, we don't. I love all y'all. <laughs> ah, just kidding. Uh, actually, I am, though, behaving one. Okay, see, look at that. Some people put ones. That's nice. My mom used to say, I love you far away. I had a nice mom. <laughs> She wasn't. She was. <laughs> but anyway, uh, continue with the Bible study. All right. So um, anyway, for Moses describes righteousness, which is of the law, that the man which does those things shall live by them. That if if you're going to, if you're going to try to establish righteousness by the law, then it's all or nothing. Uh, because if you're guilty of one, you're guilty of all. You know, we using that. We even use that. Um, uh, that type of speech. I was just, what's the word I'm looking for? That expression in in modern day language. We say, well, it's against the law. Well, which one? Which which you know, civil or criminal code? Which paragraph? You know, what title, paragraph, section? Blah blah blah. We don't get in it. We just see broke the law, whatever it is, whatever infraction against civil, you know, criminal code or you know, just traffic, whatever. We say it's against the law because as, as a body of the law, it's against the law. And so if 
you know, if you don't commit adultery, but you do murder, <laughs> as we read in James' epistle, then you're guilty of, of transgressing the law. So if you're going to establish righteousness by the law, then you've got to live by it. And, uh, but that's not possible. So, back to Scripture. But the righteousness which is of faith speaks on this wise. Say not in thine heart who shall ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down from above, or who shall ascend into the deep, that is to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near to you, nigh thee, uh, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. Not to be confused with uh, modern heretical doctrines about word of faith. Because what what is Paul talking about? And this seems kind of odd to say. You know, do not say in your heart, who shall ascend into heaven, or who shall ascend into the deep? What does it say? The word is near you, even in your mouth. Again, this is this is Paul, of course, a one who knows the word, and he's quoting from Deuteronomy chapter thirty, because it's it's about the law. He's taking it from he's taking from Torah. And so, let me see here. I'm going to take that off. So this is Deuteronomy chapter 30, uh, picking up in verse 11. It says, For this is commandment which I command thee this day. It is not hidden from thee, neither is it far off. It is not in heaven that thou should say, Who shall go up for us to heaven and bring it unto us that we may hear it and do it neither is it beyond the sea you know or in the deep that thou should say who shall go over the sea for us and bring it unto us that we may hear it and do it but the word is very nigh unto thee in thy mouth in thy heart that thou mayest do it and so uh, keep in mind, this is this is in Deuteronomy, and this is when the second generation of Israelites are about to enter the Promised Land. You know, the first generation that came out of Egypt, they transgressed, they were disobedient, and they were not allowed to go into the Promised Land. Uh, the Lord declared that those that were over 20 years old would not enter the Promised Land because of their disbelief. Ultimately, uh, when they got up there, they didn't believe that God would see them in because the spies went in and then came back with this report that there were giants in the land, etc. It's like, well, forget it. We're heading back to we're heading back to Egypt. You know, this was a bust. Well, we're going back to Egypt, and Moses said, you know, you little, you know, you. Basically, you faithless people, you know, after God, all God did to bring you here, you know, to the, the border of the promised land, and now you're saying he can't bring us in. And so then they said, yeah, you're right, we're going to go in. And after, after the Lord told them, no, you're not going to go in because of disbelief, and then it didn't turn out so well. <laughs> they were disobedient by being faithless, and the God said, well, because you're faith, you're not going in. And they said, well, we're going in anyway, and then we're not going in, and we are going in, and anyway. 
against the Lord each time. Anyway, so, so you know, that's why there was wandering in the wilderness for 40 years, not because they'd lost their way, because they weren't allowed to enter the promised land. That generation was to pass away. So those who were 20 years old and under, now they've come of age, you know, the ones that were 20 are now 60, the ones that were, you know, newborns now 40 years old, and those that were born during those 40 years um, had no personal recollection of what went on before because that was before their time. So now they're preparing to go in the promised land, and there is this rehearsal on um, Mount Gerizim and Mount Nebo, and anyway, <laughs> about, hey, this is what you're going into, and basically you need to choose life or death, suiting before your life and death, <laughs> and you're going to go in, and you're going to mess up, and you're going to be scattered. It was kind of, this is what's going to happen, but anyway, so they had not, this generation had not received the law on, you know, Mount Sinai, whatever, they were, it was before their times they're going in and so so they were strangers to it in that way just what they'd heard um you know moses was still alive joshua and caleb were still alive but uh the the most of the people were not from that former generation so here is this you know like well wow we're going into this and and you know do we have what it takes to go in there and so, you know, this is a commandment which I command thee. It's not hidden from you. You know, you don't have to go up to heaven to get it. And you don't have to go into the sea to retrieve it. Uh, the word is near you. It's in your mouth. It's in your heart that you may do it. That there is, a, there is an innate righteousness that we know. We know when we transgress against God. Even without the Holy Spirit, you know, there's there's a natural guilt that we uh, carry when when we, you know, we intrinsically know what's bad. I think so. You know, um, even as a even as toddlers, when we say no or I don't want to, we no, we know that it's rebellious. I mean, ouch. We know in our heart of hearts. We know in our spirits that. Speaking of rebellious, Barb is trying to be good. That's what she just said. Okay. She said she's sitting on her hands trying to be good. <laughs> I told her that you're a, you can take any question or comment because you're a diplomat. Uh, but I'm not. Yeah. As we all know. <laughs> it's how you garner an audience, people. Be inflammatory, people. Just like inflammatory bowel disease. Get your attention. <laughs> Hey, so, when okay, just before I forget, when are we ending the show? Um, because you you said you said that you wanted to only go an hour, but no. we've been going ninety minutes. So I just want to know because we got to take our break too. We've been going forty seven minutes so far. Yeah, I know, but if we're okay. going an hour and a half, like uh, our break, we have to take it. We should probably did this ahead of time. Yeah, I can. I'll finish up in probably ten minutes. So you want to end at nine? Well, whatever. I mean, <laughs> I'll take ten minutes, but then, but other things that we want to get our sponsor in and that sort of thing. Oh, you tell me so. what to. You just be the director, Mister. All right. So why don't we mention our sponsor even now? 
Yes. Okay. Um. <laughs> okay. I'm not going to read Barb's comments she just wrote. She's funny, though. You guys got to follow her. I, anyway. Um. Ariel <laughs> uh, Ministries, they love us, obviously. Ariel.org. <laughs> Hey, you guys can go there and you can get some good stuff there over. You can save 20% too when you when you use the coupon code Bible News. You know, they have Bible teaching from a Messianic Jewish perspective and they got DVDs. They have um, Bible book studies. They have regular books you can read. You can read the history uh, of Dr. Arnold Fruchtenbaum and his, uh, his, his, um, history actually you know why he's highly regarded throughout the world literally i mean this man has traveled the world for decades he's in his 70s now his wife is also in her 70s creeping up there and uh and and they have some really good solid stuff so if you want to get some good stuff we have recommended the highlights books the highlights of the life of messiah yeah i think that's and they also have come and see Bible studies, which you can actually also watch them and listen to them on the Ariel.org website. You can go in there. You can listen to Arnold talk through his daisy doses. I shouldn't do that. <laughs> They're sponsoring the show. I shouldn't be making fun of the guy. Definitely not. But he's got a very distinct voice like J. Vernon McGee does. Uh, but hey, I tell you what, this stuff changed my life. And, you know, if you like what Bareface teaches, you know, he was mentored and discipled by Arnold pretty much through his writings and stuff. So, um, we, we actually had the opportunity to have him in our house teaching us directly at one point, which was at the time, I didn't know how much of a blessing that was because, you know, I had no idea who he was. Do they have audio? Yeah, they have a ton of audio. They got MP3s you can watch. You can listen to all of them. You can buy some. You can get PDFs. You can get outlines. Um, they have a whole Messianic school now in there that you can join. I don't think the coupon code applies to the school, though. It only it only applies to the materials. Um, but, yeah, go over there and check it out. They have some new stuff over there as well. They also have Rabbi Model Ballston as well who's been on our show a couple of times. Uh, he's really good and easier to understand than Arnold cause, just because of his voice. But um, Randall? What? <laughs> it sounded like you wanted to say something. Mm. I know you're a deep size. <sighs> okay, anyway. So, yeah. Also, if you want to be pillars of the community, yeah, you do. You can hold us up. We need it a lot, man. We just got our taxes done. Oh, my gosh. You have no idea. If there's ever a time to hate the government, it's after you get your taxes done. Do you realize that in Tennessee, we get taxed twice for being self-employed? Completely insane. But anyway, so any donation you want to give... <laughs> is highly important it's highly appreciated you can do that through through our website biblenewsradio.com forward slash give thank you very much um legal shield obviously if you want to buy that from me you guys know how to get in touch with me next month coming up in october 
we need to have, you know, we need we need to continue the trend uh, with that. And you know what? I just want to say thank you to all of you who have signed up uh, for a membership and have kept it. Um, I hope that you've gotten your wills done. I hope you've been able to call your provider law firm and talk to them about needs. I often see my members sometimes venting on Facebook about problems that they have, and I'm like, you do know you can call Legal Shield for that. <laughs> and they're like, oh yeah, thank you for letting me know. I forgot I had it. Uh, I'm trying to remind you you have it so you can use it. Um, it's a great service, and uh, I'm pretty sure I'm going to have a lot more to share with you after, after next week is over because of the conference we're going to. Identity theft protection, highly encourage you to get it if you haven't gotten it yet. Um, there was just a, you know, another data breach with DoorDash. I don't know how many of you use that service, but they've been breached and they happen all the time, you guys. So just get yourself protected, you know. In fact, it's kind of funny. I had a, a new member sign up for ID Shield <clears throat> and um, she's older and she didn't really get the the mobile app um and when i showed her she's like oh my gosh <laughs> like i know all your emails have been breached you know at the very least you get you know if you're on social media not only that you if you're a business person you can write this off as a business expense by the way <clears throat> just so you know um what else was i going to tell you oh yeah my text message list if you haven't signed up for that yet text Bible news to 33222. If you keep watching the ticker down there, you'll see that. Or if you're somebody who needs help with that, you just want to give me your phone number, I can just add you and then you'll start getting my text message list messages. Okay, I think that's it. Is that it? It's pretty much it. If you want to see daily behind the scenes stuff, you can follow me on Instagram. We do have a Bible news radio account on Instagram. I don't update that one as much. But if you want to follow me just as a person, you can follow me at stacy.lynn.harp on Instagram. And you can see the exciting life I lead. Yeah, you can. Uh, <laughs> and actually, some pretty cool birds, too. There are so many cool birds in the world. Uh, I don't know about you, but I wish I could have a bird. <clears throat> but I know if I did, my cat would probably kill it. My dogs wouldn't care, but my cat would not be happy. Um he, he would not be happy at all, but birds are cool. Hey, Dr. Jennifer Fee. Nice to see you. By the way, you should follow Dr. Jennifer Fee on Periscope if you want to listen to stuff. You want to listen to a gold star broadcaster on, on Periscope. <laughs> uh, talk, talk about how you can overcome anxiety. Mm -hmm. Yep. In part, I am sane because of Dr. Jennifer Fee. Yeah, I am. I've known her for a long time. All right. I think that's it. All right. So if you just joined us, Bareface is teaching out of Romans chapter 10. And he's, he looks so serious. Yeah, he does. No, he doesn't. Yeah, you do. Yeah. Make up your mind. You should see the faces he's making. So the question is, do all dogs go to heaven? And do all Jews go to heaven? Sorry, I couldn't resist. <laughs> I don't know about dogs. My reading of scripture isn't really explicit on that. Yeah. I know Tom Horn has his book. All right, thank you for that lone heart, Jennifer. Ah, oh, now you're giving us more. I feel the love. 
Yeah, I do. Can you feel the love tonight? You guys are eventually going to give us 17 million hearts. Yeah, you are. Where are we at? I don't know. Let me look. Let's see. We are at a pink approximately. Let's see here. I'm going to go. Let's see here if I can find it. I guess I'm going to have to let's see. Get to our main page. I don't know if it will let me look at the main page. Wait, I need to. Okay, let's see. We are approximately at. Uh, it's loading. It's like measuring, measuring. Okay, here we are. We're at sixteen million six hundred sixty-eight hundred thousand six hundred thirty-seven, and we have it looks like seventy-one thousand seven hundred sixty stars. I guess those are. What are those? Those are the the ones people Super paid hearts. for. Super hearts. I guess. I don't know. Well, anyway, we don't make enough stars to make money. So. <laughs> Super hearts are. I don't know. Are identified by or represented by stars. Are they? Okay. I don't know. Just... I think they are. I think you need something like 80 million or something before they'll pay you a dollar. But know. let's see. We got almost, we're going, we're creeping up on 17 million stars though, which is our hearts, which is, <laughs> which is crazy. Why would anybody heart us that much? I don't know. But um, let's see here. One other thing. I should, <clears throat> I'm trying to wait for the thingy to load. Don't worry, people. I wanted to see. It's waiting. It's it's taking its time. See, look. It's like loading. And this phone is very hot. Hmm. Well, to all my super fans that are out there, which, you know, it doesn't, it won't show me who you are. <laughs> All of a sudden, I can't even see anybody. There. This is special. Yeah, it is. Here I am trying to honor all of you super fan people. And and um, <clears throat> let's see here. Now I can't even find ourselves. There we are. Wait. Oh, I know. Yeah. I know people award their super fans. Me, I'm like, whatever, super fan. <laughs> I don't know. Do you like being called a super fan, those of you who are super fans? I'm kind of like, like, you know, the title super fan sounds goofy to me. I guess I can't shout you out because I can't get to you. But you know who you are, the top 10 of you who tune into the show. You have some good taste. You know that, right? All right, so... Randall's like, are you done yet? Not at all what I was thinking. Yeah. Lulu accepted. All right. Lulu accepted the Lord. She will be in heaven. That is awesome. I'm not sure who Lulu is. <laughs> but Lulu is Denise's dog. I thought maybe. But... <laughs> and Grover and Tuggy Bear. Well, Tuggy Bear. I don't know. Tuggy Bear is the face of evil. Grover will be in heaven for sure. <laughs> Tuggy Bear. Eh, the cat. Definitely not. Well. Yeah. Anyway, can we get back? <laughs> okay, go ahead. Back to Bearface. All right. 
Here am I. There he, there he is. All right. So, <sighs> so very uh, interesting sort of commentary we have here uh, when we look at, you know, from Deuteronomy chapter 30, uh, this quote here about uh, Moses telling uh, this second generation going to the promised land, you know, don't say, you know, the, the law, you know, don't say go up to the who shall descend into heaven or who shall ascend into this or descend into the sea or go out to the seed. Uh, but, but the word is near you in your mouth. It's in your heart. But Paul inserts this commentary here, you know, saying not in thine heart, who shall ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down from above. Uh, or who shall ascend to the deep, that is to bring Christ up again from the dead. Well, why would he insert this? Because, going back to verse 4, Christ is the end. Christ is the, the, the aim, the f fulfillment, the purpose, is, is the end of the law for righteousness. That if you follow the law to to ascertain the righteousness of God, Christ is the embodiment of that. So to ascend up to heaven to get the the righteousness of God, that would be to bring Christ down, or descend into the deep, that would be to bring him up. But that's not necessary because. You know, the word became flesh, dwelt among us. He descended from heaven and died for our sins, rose again. So, what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth, in your heart. So, what is his application of that? His interpretation of that passage from Deuteronomy is that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth, the Lord Jesus, and shall believe in your heart, in thine heart, that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. So there is no salvation, there is no saying as self-righteousness, there is no um, completely, whoops, I've got Psalm 40 up there. I didn't mean to do that, I grabbed the wrong <laughs> scene there. It's okay, somebody needed to see it. Yeah, so we looked at earlier. <laughs> yeah, we're in uh, Romans chapter 10. Sorry. They're making it really difficult for me to follow the comments here on Facebook because Facebook's all over the place. Mm. It's very irritating. Um, but anyway. Anyway. Go on, Bear All right, start yeah. this up. So... Oh. Salvation is not by means of self-righteousness. It's by the righteousness of God, uh, which, was, which was lived out in Messiah when the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. So the Word is near you, in your mouth, in your heart. The Word of faith. And that is if you confess with your mouth the Lord Yeshua, that He is the Lord, and believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. For with the heart, man believes unto righteousness. Um, that is that righteousness is something that only comes from God. It's not something that we can establish on our own. And with the mouth, confession is made to salvation. So if you 
So if you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, and we could look at uh, various other Old Testament passages concerning you know, prophecies of Messiah um, that Peter brings out about in uh, Acts chapter 2, preaching to the masses, uh, about God's promise not that the Holy One wouldn't see corruption, uh, because he is the Holy One. Um, so, believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead. That's part. Why? Because um, one with the heart man believes unto righteousness, that Christ is righteousness. And with the mouth, confession is made to salvation. Well, what's come to the mouth? Confess with the mouth the Lord Jesus. That he is that he is the Lord, the embodiment of God's righteousness. So it's this uh, two things that that in your heart know that you are incapable of righteousness, true righteousness, the righteousness of God, uh, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. <laughs> and another another. Um, Old Testament quote uh, from Psalm 14, I believe. Anyway, all have fallen short, so believe that righteousness is not something that you can achieve. In your heart of hearts, you know that. And with the mouth, confess that God has established his righteousness in Messiah, in the Lord Jesus. For the scripture says, whoever believes on him shall not be ashamed for there is no difference between the jew and greek or jew and gentile if you will in the in the um in the first century world especially from a jewish perspective everybody who wasn't a jew was considered greek based the, the gentiles at large the greek world uh the contrast between the jewish worldview and the gentile worldview or the greek which was the predominant um, worldview, even though not all were like ethnically Greek. Uh, the idea is everyone else. Um, uh, Koine Greek was the trade language, and and so much of Greek culture through Alexander the Great permeated the the Mediterranean world. So Jew and the Greek is referring to basically a Jewish worldview. That is a, a uh, you know, ethnic Jew, and then everybody who's not ethnically Jew. There's no difference between the Jew and Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Um, and the name of the Lord is Yeshua. Uh, God is salvation. So it's not about any ethnic or uh, tradition, there's no difference between Jew nor Greek. Uh, whatever the background is, whatever the worldview background is, whatever the religious or tradition view is, at the end of the day, <laughs> at the end of the law, if someone is looking to be uh, made in right standing with God, uh, it's not going to happen by our doing. 
righteousness is not something, human righteousness is not something that's going to come from the law of God. As Paul writes, for the, the, the carnal mind is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. It's not possible in our human nature to be subject to God's law. It's just impossible. And so, if we want to be in right standing with God, we must come to that end of the law, that fulfillment of the law, which is Messiah, Yeshua, Christ Jesus himself. And we can't, we don't have to go up to get the law to live it, nor go down to bring it up, live to it. Um, God has put it in our hearts that we are, that we are unrighteous. Uh, he has established righteousness in Messiah. And that we confess him as the embodiment of righteousness, God's righteousness, God in, God in the flesh, and, and believe in our heart that he was raised from the dead, you know, on our behalf. He lived the life that we could not live. He, he died the death that we deserve. And to prove his identity as, as the promised Messiah, the prophesied Messiah, um, God in the human, God in human flesh, the righteousness of God. Um, he, as he said, you know, that he would, uh, rise from the dead. Um, he would give his life, you know, as a ransom for sinners and be raised according, uh, to the scriptures, according to prophecy. And in that, indeed, everything that, everything that the scriptures prophesied came true and everything that he himself uh, reiterated about himself and the prophecies uh, came to pass to establish his uh, prophetic identity. So, are Jews going to heaven? Sure, if they can, <laughs> if they confess with their mouth, Lord Jesus, and believe in their heart that God raised him from the dead, they shall be saved. Uh, same with anybody else from whatever background uh, Hindu Islam whatever um, it's about realizing that one cannot establish their own righteousness there's no such thing as self-righteousness Yeshua himself said seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness uh, there's not going to be a righteousness that we establish on our own. Uh, God's righteousness is set apart and, you know, it's transcendent. There's a good word. And there's nothing that we can do to bridge that gap. But what the law could not do and that it was weak through human flesh, uh, God did in sending Messiah. And Stacy's fervishly writing something there. And you're going to scan it as well? All right. It's my ladies of justice stuff. All right. I'm submitting all my pop-ups. Cool deal. <laughs> Not that you care, but that's how I won. 
upfront seating at the conference is because I've, you know how many, you know how many one-on-one meetings I've done this, this month? Take a guess. This month? Mm-hmm. Just Today's this the 29th. Just this month. Divide and carry to three. Um, 14? 15. All right. Well, that was close. Yeah, you're very close. And I got four memberships out of it. Sweet. So, yeah. Yeah, just so you know, it doesn't happen overnight. <laughs> well, if it all just happened overnight, you wouldn't know how much it means. That's right. That's right. But it's not like I haven't been doing anything. That's the that's the thing. Just so you know. Mm-hmm. Got to follow up a lot. And I think I went to about a dozen networking meetings this month. So, Yeah. It's a lot of work. <laughs> but in the end, it'll pay off. A one-on-one is like a pop-up. It's it's okay. So it's basically like a... Well, we call it a pop-up. It's basically a one-on-one meeting with somebody. Sit down, have lunch with them, talk to them, you know. And you share the membership with them directly. As opposed to a, like a luncheon where you're presenting it to a whole bunch of people. And actually, I did present to a whole network of people as well. I actually spoke in a networking meeting. It's pretty cool. It was very early. <laughs> 8 a.m., really. That was too early. But I did. Right, mister? Anyway. Okay, so that is that it? So am I closing the show out? Yeah, I reckon so. Um, okay. Yeah, I probably could have done that probably in five minutes. I don't know. Uh, it's it's always different in my head that it comes out of my mouth. And so, um, so Anne Mule Mouse, where are you? Where do where are you coming in from? I see that you are a new follower to our show. I'm gonna go ahead and follow you back there. Oops, wait a minute. So, yeah. So for those really, can you hear that? How loud that is. Are you done? Are you done making noise? <laughs> Are you? Okay. Arkansas, huh? Oh, cool. Well, if you're interested in Ladies of Justice and a membership, I have an associate in Arkansas. But you can also sign up with me if you want. Or if you wanted to become an associate in Arkansas, then you and my other associate in Arkansas probably could get together. However... I don't know how close you are to them, but, <laughs> but anyway, if you're interested, just get in touch with me. Okay. So because we are going to be not broadcasting this, uh, coming weekend, um, I'm thinking we may, we, we may be able to do a broadcast on Sunday afternoon. Um, but I'm not sure. So just watch my text message list and Facebook. Uh, those of you who are following me there and we'll give you that. We will definitely try to do a show. Um, yeah, I don't know. We could, we could maybe, no, I don't know. It's a busy week. See, this is the thing. The conference is literally on the weekend, so it's hard for us to do a show on the weekend because that's where the conference is. Um, so yeah, just watch our thing. We'll we'll let you know. We're gonna we we have to make up for it. So, um, yeah. 
We will. Don't worry. You'll get your, your fix. Yeah, you will. All right. But in the meantime, uh, you know, you can send your show feedback or comments and questions, complaints to Randall. Yep. And send all your money to me. <laughs> and then I'll give it to Randall later. <laughs> all right. In all seriousness, I hope you have a good week. Uh, we will see you soon. Uh, don't worry. We'll we'll do some stuff. So go ahead and remember to be bold, to stand up, and to go with God, people, because he loves you. Yeah, he does. 